So we start last week, David read this scripture and they talked about this is in Ephesians chapter four, verse 17 through 32. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this together. With the Lord's authority, I say this. That sounds like really like boom, you know, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. How many of you guys remember those days? Yep. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure. That lustful, remember David talked last week about, I think, uh, promiscuity. That, that's not just like regarding what we normally think that is. Um, they, what that is, it's about is like unrestrained, li- unrestrained living, like doing whatever the heck you want whenever you want to, right? That's what that's talking about. So they live for the pl- lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Wow, that gives me a lot of power and control. Same for you. We can throw it off. Throw off that old sinful nature and the former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God. Wow. Truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's spirit by the way you live. Turn to your neighbor and go. That means that we can. Mm. And do not bring sorrow to God's spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as, turn to your neighbor and say, just as. That means we have an example. That means that God's saying, you want to know how we do this? Okay, look here. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So how, here's the question. How did God forgive you? That's how we're supposed to forgive others. Okay, so this, this last section of Ephesians David's been talking about resisting. You guys remember we talked, he talked about resisting the devil and how we resist together. But first of all, it starts with knowing that we're loved, that we're loved by God. That love, the love of God is like the foundation. If we don't rest securely in the love of God, that God loves us, that God loves me, that God loves you, that God is for you, that God is taking care of you. 
If that isn't the foundation for all of these other things, all these other things are going to be skewed. We just have to know that's the foundation of everything. And God's love isn't built on or delivered by our be conditionally by our behavior, right? Or by our whatever. It's not conditional. Like there's, there, there's nothing we do that earns more. There's nothing we do that makes us earn less. God just loves us because even in 1 John, it says, because God is love. Like he is, love is not just like, it doesn't say about love and God that like God, love is something that comes from God. Well, yeah, it does. But it's so much more that it doesn't just come from God. It just is him. This is just what he is. And this love is just given to us. It is that, 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 that sense of pleasure, that sense of hug, that sense of just you, I, I, I like you. I, you are good. Like, like it's, it's all of that stuff. So we are built on this foundation. All these things are built on this foundation of God's love. And David talked about that, about receiving God's love for us. Then he talked about how we've been gifted a position and he put the chair there to see with Jesus high above, right? And so he, we have been given a seat above all these things and we take that seat. So Subpar living is living under what God has in his heart and his mind for each one of us, right? This is all is a means of review. If you miss the messages, they're all online. I recommend you get on the, jump on the podcast, go on the YouTube channel and just get caught up. So, but you must resist and fight. And we resist individually and we can actually resist and stand together, you know? And so... Christian life has not been meant to be lived solo. Like it's, we're not, it's not meant to be lived like all just me and my little world and, um, and that's it. It is me and God and then it is me and others. It all, it all, it's a flow. And if you, you can't read like all these beautiful passages that we love thinking about and talking about like in John 15, where he talks about, um, you know, I'm the vine, you are the branches, whatever. He talks, he talks, it's, it's a flow, but it also talks so much about unity. You can't even read through the things that Jesus said. If you turn an eye to what he said about our relationship to other people, you're turning an eye to like, I don't know, 80% of the scripture or something. Like it is all about us and other people. And he even used this picture that he said, this metaphor that, um, that, that Jesus is the head and we are the body. We, as in the followers of Jesus, are the body. So like if, if I cut the tip of my finger off, it is no longer a part of my body, is it? So if this little finger, I cut this off and I just put it right here all by itself, which is super gross. I mean, that's just really gross. But if I put it right here, it's not going to last very long, is it? Nope, because it needs it all together. There's a lot of things that happen to make this little finger do these things, right? There's blood, there's muscles, there's tendons, there's skin, there's tissue, there's all of these things that support just for this one little part right here. I cut it off and it dies. And that's the picture that we have of us as a faith community. But what's happened, and David talked about this for the past couple of weeks, is that really during these lists last stretch of the pandemic and all this stuff, and then 
even with like, you know, social media and all this, it has been like, and then the busyness just of all of our lives, we, we have become isolated people. I don't know if any of you have ever traveled to like um, other, other nations or even just dipped into different pockets of culture within that are, you know, here in, in our area. But I, I remember one time I was at this, um, I was over in Roswell and I was going around and we were doing this like kind of outreach for the kids, kind of like super surge there. And we were walking around and I think I was walking a couple of the kids back to their apartment. So I go and I'm walking them back and it's in this Hispanic um, community. So I walked them back to their apartment and I was saying goodbye. And then over here, there was some people with like, you know, a nice griddle and they're making some tortillas and they got some, you know, like the carne asada going there, some pepper. Like, so you walk by and you're like, and I like just dreamily just, and I just looked and, and I think I like, you know, just whatever waves high or whatever. And they were like, Hey, what are you? And they start talking to me. They invited me over, offered me a plate and like, like just, they, they didn't know me. I'd never even met them, but they were like, I, we were friends now. We were, I didn't even live there in that community. I just was walking by. And so, but, but would that happen? Here? Not, not, not much here, not, not in a lot of, because we've, we've become so fragmented that when we hear this analogy of a, of a head and a body and all of us flowing together, it's, it's kind of hard a lot of times for us to picture those kinds of, that type of like connectivity. We get mad at someone and we're like, ah, that's it, they're out. You know, oh, they disappointed me, I'm out, you know. We bump from, you know, bump from, we, 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 we just change, we change whatever grocery stores because whatever they offended me or they're like, you know, whatever, we have no like loyalty to our communities, right? And so, so as a culture, that's something that we've really, really lost. So when it talks about this kind of stuff, about a, uh, this connectivity, this is something that we need to relearn as a culture that we need to relearn as a church community. Now, some, some of people or some of you are better than others. Some people do it more, you know, some of you have learned and cultivated this a little bit more. But guys, we are all connected. We're all connected to each other. That means that if, if Kim is doing bad, that affects me, right? Because we're connected. That means if Amber and Edward are doing yeah, it affect, we're because we're all connected. We're all part of this community. Broader, not just within this faith community, that means the church down the road goes through something. That means it affects me because we are all part of a community. Actually, Eric and I were talking, and we were talking about how we think individually, like about, you know, when we talk about churches, like I think about, you know, our, when I talk about churches and what churches are doing, I'm mostly talking about like us. This is my world, right? All of us. And, um, and so he said, yeah, it's true because when we, when we talk about churches, we talk about our people that we relate to, like whether that's people that believe like us, that church, or whether even a small church community. But he said, when people outside of the faith, outside of church, talk about church, they talk about all of us together as one. They're like, oh, yeah, those church, they blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And what are they talking about? They're talking about, you know, whatever the, the people that are nothing like us down the street or maybe the people that did something terrible 100 years ago. Right. But they're like looping us all together in one. And, and that like is a little scary. But I don't think about the church that way. Typically, I'm starting to. 
that we think of it that way. So it's interesting that, the, that outsiders have a better handle on what the body of Christ is versus us just thinking that it's just this right here, right? Or just people that believe like us. So, so we are all part of one, of one body. So individually we resist, um, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm going over, these are David's notes, sorry, 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 sorry. I really only got these notes like a couple of hours ago. We went over, Dave and I went over these all together. And so, excuse me. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right, amen, amen. All right, so that passage that we just read in Ephesians it's talking about the, the way that we live. But I want to jump to the passage that's right before that. So we started for that at verse 17 and read through 32. If you have your Bible and you're following along, we're going to jump to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. We're going to read here. Then we will no longer be immature like children. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a baby. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body and the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. There's the picture of the body. Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. So this is telling us, this is giving us a little more context for all of that we just read about not living a certain way. Stop telling lies. If you're a thief, don't bring sorrow to God's spirit by the way you live. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, forgiving one another, be kind, forgiving, all that stuff. Well, the first th thing is like, okay, stop being a baby. Don't be immature like children. So stop it, right? And then it says, then it kind of gives a little bit of of, of a little bit of strategy or what's going on around here. It says, we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind, new, every wind of new teaching. So that must have been happening because they addressed it, right? We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, so they're being tricked with lies and that's disrupting the unity in the church, right? So instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way. So it's again this picture of a body of every part doing its part and all the connectivity of it being, uh, being all together, right? So notes. Someone in this, in this thing, in this scripture, someone's trying to mislead them, and it's a strategy. Who's trying to mislead them from unity, from thinking together as a body? Who would, who would do that? Who is that, Micah? The devil. It is the devil that is misleading them. So wait a minute. Can we conclude when there is strife and when there is tension and there is contention within the community that's continual? Now, now there is a thing where there is a tension of learning and growing and working through conflict. That's normal. You only have to have a friend for like about a week for to know that that's normal, right? Okay, that's life. 
But there's something about perpetual that's rubbing wrong, that's fracturing, that's pulling away, that's making other people feel dumb and stupid or unwelcome, like they don't belong, that's making people want to cut that finger off and let it lay there and die. That's a problem. Where does that come from? It comes from the devil. That's the enemy that brings all of that in. So we have to learn how to work through these kinds of contention and conflict so we, but maintain unity. That seems almost impossible. But guess what? I know a God who said that nothing is impossible with me. So we can do this. We are all connected. Does that mean that we all have to believe the same? No. Does that mean that I can be friends with Robin, even if we maybe don't agree about which who has the best barbecue in, this, in Atlanta? Can we still be friends? Robin, can we still be friends even if we don't agree on who has the best barbecue? Yes, we can be, even though we kind of do agree. I like that one place. That, that was good. So, but, but we can still be friends. We don't have to agree on everything, right, to be friends. Guess what? David and I don't even. We're mar- married 27 years coming up on the 4th. Yes. Woo. Guess what? We still find things we disagree on <laughs> all the time, all the time, you know? But we preserve the unity in our relationship by not letting that tear us apart. So can we have discussions with each other? Can we work through these things? Can we talk about things? Can we clarify what what values? Can we be a united body of Christ? Yes, yes, we can. Functioning how Jesus wants it to function, which is as a body, right? So... And, all right, so let's say I have my, let's say my arm right here. How many of you ever gotten your, you know, given blood, right? They put a little tourniquet on there, or you just, whatever, they have to take blood or whatever, right? They put a little tourniquet on, and what happens? What happens when you put the tourniquet on? It restricts the flow, right? So do they leave it on for like, you know, three days? What would happen if they left it on for three days? Yeah, you would have damage. It would be a problem, Right. They, because, because things are not flowing into this part, right? And so, so the Bible talks about each joint giving to supplying. So here in Ephesians, it talks about each joint supplies, each part supplies something, right? So when we are, when we are divided or we're not functioning how we should be functioning, then it's like we're putting a little tourniquet on it, right? We're restricting the flow. So just by doing this, like my veins are starting to pop up a little bit, right? And um, I'm starting to get a little tingly in my hands. Like I can feel things are not right, right? And so we keep doing this. It's going to affect the flow. So God made there to be a flow. So what does that flow look like? What does it look like for us to function as part of a body. Well, there's, there's, there's loads of directions we could go, but I'm going to pick one that today that I'm going to talk about that David wanted me to talk about this. See, David, I'm doing it. Doing it. So, all right. So we are called to be completely different than people who don't follow Jesus, right? We are called to be different. Does that mean only, and David's been doing a great job talking about this. It's not just morally, It's not just that we don't do all of these things. That's part of it. 
But a lot more than that is because we do do all of these things. And what are all those things that we do are all the things that Jesus would do when he was here. So how can we know what that is? We can know what that is by looking back when Jesus was here. What are the things that he did? What are the things that Jesus did? Jesus showed loads of mercy. He was always healing and restoring and forgiving. He was challenging. Jesus was a man of confrontation. He, he had a little bit. He, he, there was a line. There was a line that was not crossed. In fact, he went into, I just read it earlier this week. He went into the, the temple there. And um, actually, it's interesting. I didn't even realize. I think it was in Mark. He goes in and he scouts it. He, went, he goes in like the day before. This is like the week, the week when Jesus dies. He goes in the day before and he looks around, curses the fig tree. Then he goes in, he looks around, then they leave, walk, go, live, go stay a few miles away. Then they come, he comes back the next day, fig trees all choked up, then it, and they are dried up. And then he goes into the temple and he is angry. And he's flipping those tables and he says, this is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations. And you've turned it into a place of thievery, right? And so he's mad. He's mad. He flips those tables over, like, you know, just stirring up all kinds of trouble. But getting things to a right way, to the something. So what made him so upset about that? Well, we can, we can gather. So what did he say? How, this, th- what is this supposed to be here for? He said, this is supposed to be here for a house of prayer. What's a house of prayer? It's a place where people connect with God. It's a place where people meet with God, right? That was not being a place where people, people met with God. That was a place, that was all messed up, right? But then he said, for all nations, which is interesting because they said, they suppose that maybe that happened in like kind of the, the Gentile court, which is the part of the temple where they, the, all of us would have been, all of us that don't, aren't Jewish would have been allowed, Right? And that's where all the, that's where they set it all up at. So there wasn't really even room for all, all of us, right? They're kind of crowding us all out and stuff like that. Jesus was making a statement. He was like, boom, that is not what this is for. So, so I'm not saying, so we, we do take a stand on things, right? And, but Jesus defined what it was supposed to be like. So he turned those tables over. He said, this is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. This is the way that God wants things to be. So in our talk as a body, as as us being members of the body of Christ, what does this look like? So the world's words, so we're going to just talk about what we say for a couple minutes, all right? Ooh, Mm, ouch. Okay, so, but we're just going to do it. We're just going to do it because we're brave. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, I'm brave. I'm brave. And you pray, do you ask God to to give you ears to hear what he's saying, right? So it's your fault. Okay, so so the people around us in our in in our realm, people are very biting with their words, aren't they? Biting. Um, the sarcasm is like funny and biting and funny and biting, right? And it is like there are some there are some where this is our only form of communication is biting, right? Uh, with our words, we're judging. Words we're cutting with our words where we are putting people down or putting people in their place, right? And that's just how we live. And actually, that's really kind of celebrated. Like people who say those kinds of jabby things are kind of cool, right? In our culture. Do you think that's godly? Hmm. 
Because what happens is when we, when we go in and we interact with people and we're sizing them up for ourselves, we're measuring, like, like a lot of times those verbal challenges, just, you know, being real, you're having a little verbal challenge. What are you doing? You're figuring out where they land and where I land. Like we're, and I'm not just talking about an exchange of ideas. I'm talking about making other people feel small, right? Making other people feel small to make you feel bigger. Does that ever work? No, no. It's like, it's like being hungry and eating a bag of Doritos. It's satisfying for a minute, and then you have a terrible stomachache later. It's the same way because it's ungodly. So our words are biting and devouring. It says in Ephesians, biting and devouring each other. We, as part of the body of Christ, should not be that way. That should not be us. That is not, and I'm not talking about a discussion of ideas. I'm talking about personal interaction where we are putting other people down, right? And so, so that, that is just flat out wrong. What are our words meant to do? Here in Ephesians verse 16, let's see, was it 16? No. Verse here, right, verse 29, Ephesians 4, 29. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. That's just not like David talked about last week. That's not only talking about cussing. I don't I think that's what he talked about last week. That's not only cussing, right? Abusive language is, again, language that puts other people down, right? Let everything you say be good and helpful. That's a standard. Good and helpful. So that your words will have an encouragement to those who hear them. So let's talk about that word encouragement, okay? What does encouragement mean? In this is Jessica. I always think about you when I do this. Jessica, Jessica, she's, she's an English teacher and getting her degree, all the, all the degrees like, you're, yeah, sort of, yeah. Well, no, she has a degree, but she's getting more, more degrees, more degrees, right? Okay, so in is a prefix. It means to put into or onto, okay? So encouragement. So we think like a note of encouragement because you, know, you can buy an encouragement card and, you know, or somebody says something to you and you're like, oh, that's so encouraging. Well, what really does that mean? Go ahead and put the next one up there, courage. Courage means mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Go ahead and put both of those up there together. Thank you. So in means to put into or onto Courage, mental and moral strength to venture, persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. With our words, we can put into another human being mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. That's like a superpower. You guys realize that we are like, that, that, that is powerful. With your words, you can change someone's life. So why do you think it is that the enemy loves it when we're biting and devouring and tearing down each other? Because it's totally counterintuitive to the way that the body of Christ is supposed to function, which is that we are connected and we're encouraging each other. What if I can say something that would totally fill up and fuel John to fight the battle that he's facing. I could say something that gives him the strength to fight through the thing, like one word, 
one word or a phrase or a little something like that. Then suddenly he has the strength. I've infused him with strength. That's the power of what we have. Those are our words of encouragement, or the power of encouragement. So we're going to just do a little, a, a, a little exercise here. And, um, and so there is, um, we do this thing where we do it sometimes on mission trips. We've done it like kind of in the youth and, and all this kind of stuff. So where we just kind of like we speak encouraging words about someone, right? So we are going to do this, all right? Um, I'm going to have Eric. Do you mind, Eric, if we pick on you? Okay, come on up here. All right, we're going to have Eric come up here. Everybody clap. And what I'm going to do is I need like um, I need like four or five of you. I'll give you like 15 seconds to think of something. I want you guys to say something about that. I know, I know. It's okay. Um, I need you guys to say something about what, what's, you know, let's, let's give Eric some encouragement, okay? All right? And who wants to go first? Like five people. Okay, go ahead, Eric. Other Eric. Okay, go ahead. Yep. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yep. Very dedicated. Good. Okay, AJ? Extremely talented. Good. Okay, who else? Okay, go ahead. Humble leader. Okay, Alyssa? Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Okay, awesome. <laughs> you can do that. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Kim? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. I love it. I love Kim. Oh, yeah. That's right. What's that? Great with kids. Great with kids. Awesome. All right. Oh, go ahead. Yes. A great listener. Awesome. Okay. All right, go ahead, Ken. We'll finish with Ken. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yes, yes, persevering. Awesome. Okay, Eric. I know. <laughs> so, all right. So, so how did that feel? Uh, it, it felt really good. Yeah. Like, other than like having a bunch of lights and being. <laughs> that part was not so great, but the words themselves. Mm-hmm. Gives you encouragement. I have courage. Yes, yeah. It's amazing. Okay, good. Thank you. All right, go ahead and you sit down. Okay. All right. So, so what do we do right there? Like, is, is, is we just took a moment. You guys thought about something about him that you appreciated. And I picked, I picked Eric because, um, you know, he's up on the stage. And you guys, a lot of you guys have had interactions, stuff like that. But I could have picked anybody in the room. And you guys come up that, that people know. And, and, but, but you know what I love is you guys intentionally thought about a few things that you appreciate. And what that did is, is, as embarrassing as it was, because it was in front of all the people. But like, what if that would have been one-on-one -on -one, and each of you guys went up to him separately and just said, hey, Eric, I just want to just tell you thank you. You, blah, blah, blah. You, blah, blah, blah. You, blah, blah, blah. That's all in our power. All it takes is this. You take a minute, you think about it, and then you share. And you give him encouragement. 
It's that simple. It's that simple. But we, it takes intentionality and a decision on our part. You know, and um, I think, is it, is it Barnabas that was a son of encouragement? They called him Barnabas. In the New Testament, it talks about this guy. Like, I've always, it's always been really impressive. Like, I would like to be known as the daughter of encouragement. That's Julie. She's the daughter of encouragement. Like, that's what she, like, is all about it. You know, like, all the, when I squeeze her, that's what comes out is encouragement. <laughs> right? You know? And so, but, like, wouldn't that be a great trait? What if, as us, as a church community, we decided we were going to just activate this power that we have that God has given us, and we are going to become encouragers, not just fake putting it on and not just only in this church building. Like you can do this like with your spouse. If you're married, you can do this with your kids. You can do this with your parents. You can do this with your friends. You can do this with your coworkers. You just take a minute and share something and tell them, thank you. Like it's huge. And in our in the world around us, these are things that show light versus darkness. This is something that that that's, that makes us stand out. Is what is it about that person? That person's always so full of light and life. Well, it's because we are allowing the words of God to flow out of us. And I'm just, and that and all I'm talking about is taking a minute and thinking. I'm not even talking about when. Maybe you have a couple minutes and, and, and are you were praying that morning and God kind of like let, put someone on your mind and has something for you to send, say to them or send to them. Like that, that, those kinds of God intervention moments, which are, that's what God does too. Because you know what? God knows that Jessica, maybe was having a really rough week. And so he put her on my heart. And so I texted her or called her or whatever, or the same vice versa from here. You know, Krista would text, reached out to Cindy and was like, hey, Cindy, I just was praying for you. Just thought about you. And Cindy can be like, yes, oh my gosh, you have no idea what kind of a, all the things that I'm facing on my job. And so thank you. That really means I, I feel like God sees me, you know, like those kinds of things are so huge. And we have the power to do that, those kinds of things. We are encouragers. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are an encourager. See, you're encouraging each other right now. See, look at you. Y'all are doing it. You are an encourager. You can do this. You can do this. And let me just say this real practically. It, it, it probably will feel a little awkward, like sometimes, especially if you're not used to it. You know, you're not used to doing saying those kinds of things that may feel a little awkward or whatever, but you guys, but j- just do it. Just do it. Die to yourself. There we go. Just do it, you know? And so don't be a baby. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a baby. Do it. Okay. Don't be a baby. Don't be a baby. <laughs> okay. So. I'm just going to mention this, and then we're going we're gonna to do something else real quick here at the end to close this all out. So the other thing you could do is you could pray for each other. So when you're talking to someone or someone says, hey, you know, I'm really like, man, this week was terrible. I'm really feeling awful or whatever. You can be the one that says, hey, let's just, let's just can, can I pray for you real quick? And right now, yeah, can I pray for you real quick right now? You don't have to touch them. I recommend maybe in our, if it's not somebody that you know well, don't touch them, you know, because people, it, it, it can be like a 
trigger for some people, you know, and things like that. Other people, it really means the world to them. Like just to have somebody, because we do live in such a fragmented society, but to have somebody that kind of, you know, but let, if it's under somebody you know, don't touch them. And, and um, but how do you, so how do you pray for someone else? Because I know a lot of times when we say pray for someone else, it, it feels like, uh, it, unless you're used to it, it feels like insurmountable. And like many times you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't want to do it wrong. Well, first of all, let me just say there's no doing it wrong. Unless you pray to like, you know, whatever, Allah or something. Don't do that, okay? That's wrong. But anything outside of that, like in the zone, you're, what's prayer? Prayer on behalf of someone else is really you are going to God for that person for whatever they need. So it could be as simple as, all right, so Ken, Ken, Ken this Friday's, can I say it? He's having, he's having, um, he's, he's having a surgery on his eye, right? This Friday. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray for Ken. Okay. Because Ken's having a little surgery, a little, little, little uh, for a cataract, a little cataract surgery on Friday. Okay. I already had one done. He's getting the other eye finished, right? It's no longer going to be pirate pop. And so, <laughs> so, so let's say we're going to pray for Ken. So what's his need? What's your need? Surgery, right? Yeah. We want, it, we want it to go well, right? We want a good vision on a boat driving at night because we've talked a lot, so we know. So, so if I was talking, so Ken was like, hey, yeah, I'm having the surgery on Friday. You know, can you pray for me? Oh, yeah, I can totally pray for you. So what do we do? So I, we find out what it is that, what, he, what you know, what's going on, kind of what, what do you want, you know, from God, and he wants it to go well, right? And and stuff, wants good vision. And they're like, okay, so let's just talk, let's together talk to God about it. There's no magic words. This isn't like a course that you have to take to learn to say all these certain things so that you've got the code right. That's not it, okay? I'm just going to demystify it. It is you asking God for someone else. That's all that this is, okay? So let's just do this right now. Ken, will you come up here? Can we pray for you? over here. All right. Okay. So real simple. Everybody just reach your hands. Let's just pray for Ken. God, we thank you. God, I thank you for Ken, for his friendship, for all these years. And God, I ask that you would just help the doctor as he does this procedure and the nurses Help them to just get everything they need to get done. Pray there'd be God, I ask you for no infection, no side effects. And God, I pray that his vision would heal better than it was even before. And I thank you, God, that you are going to do it because you, God, you are faithful. And I pray, Lord, you just pour out, God, just pour out your love on Ken. We just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love you. Love you. Thank you. Okay, so you guys, that was it. So what did we do? We found out what the need was, and then you just ask him. That's it, it's that it's really that simple. And I'll tell you, if you're if you're hesitant to pray out loud for people, then then the way that you get started is you just get started. That's it's really it, you know. And so, and come back to the beginning of the scripture, the very first scripture we read: "Don't be a baby." Okay, you can do it. You are strong and full of courage. You can do this. Because you know what, you guys? Our world needs this. 
This is light. This is hope. Our people need encouragement. They need the courage to face the things. Your spouse needs courage. Your words can give them courage. Tell them something you admire about them. Your kids, your kids need courage. Tell them something that you appreciate about them. It's hard enough to just be like in life and try, like schools these days and other kids are like vicious, you know? It can be, it's a rough world out there, right? You be a source of encouragement for them. For all the correction you do, give them some encouragement too, okay? So to close this all out, we're going to take like five, five minutes and we're going to do this. We are going to, um, everybody kind of like just get in like a little group of maybe four or five people. And I'm going to put two questions up here that I want you to introduce yourself to the people that are in your, you can just sit with people in your group and you're like seated right around you. It's better if you want to mix it up to maybe somebody you don't know super well is kind of nice because this would be a chance for you to kind of meet somebody else or whatever. Two simple questions that you're going to discuss. If you want to put those up here. Number one, why do you think God made it so we would need the courage, strength, and life that comes from each other's words and actions? Why do you think God made it that? Because he made it this way. He could have made it so we got it all from him. But he made it that we need each other. So why is that? Question number two. Take a minute and think about a time when someone at the right time said some words of encouragement or prayed for you and share it with the group, that it, that it really just really meant something. Keep it a short because we only have a couple of minutes. And then, um, and so those are the two things other than introducing yourself to your group. So what I want everybody to do is stand up, okay? Don't be a baby, don't be a baby. <laughs> Sorry, and let me just say this. If you don't usually come to this church, come, come, come again. Today is not normal, okay? So I just, I apologize, all right? So you need to hear my husband preach because he's really, really good. All right, so get in a group of, you know, three, four, five people, just mix up. And, and these are your two questions. You can stand there or you can turn the chairs around so you can sit down if you'd rather sit down. I'm good either way. On your mark, get set, go. All right, you guys. Everybody just you can just stay right where you're at. We're just gonna close in prayer. We love you all. We're going to close in prayer and you can finish talking if you want, but I want to just close in prayer and then you can um, be dismissed. So Lord, we just thank you. God, you designed it so that we are all connected. And Lord, we're just honored to be part of your body and help each one of us to be encouragers, to give the people around us, God, your light and your love and courage and strength to fight the things that they fight. And Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just continue to knit our hearts together in love, God, as this church community, but also greater as the body of Christ. Lord, we pray, God, we agree with the prayer Jesus prayed in John 17. Lord, let us be one as you and the Father are one. God, not just here at Hope Church, but here in Cherokee County, here in Georgia, here in America, and here in the world. Lord, let us be one to get your, accomplish what you want, God. In Jesus' name, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would help us figure out, Lord, help us to see your ways and how to deal with differences and, and, um, and conflicts. Lord, let us resolve things in the way that honors you, that brings unity, 
that doesn't bring fragmentation, but brings unity, Lord. God, teach us, God. We don't have the answers. We don't necessarily know, God, we have hints, but Lord, you know. And so show us, God, moving forward, how to do this. We love you, God. We thank you. You are so great. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all can finish talking and you're dismissed. Very good.